Hello, dear friends. It is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. Glad you've joined us for our midweek Bible study. We have a Sunday morning sermon available to you. We call it Sunday Morning Alive, not because it's taped live, but because the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And in our teaching and preaching, the Word of God is premier and paramount. Hallelujah. We put forth the Word of God because heaven and earth and preachers and teachers will all pass away in time, but the Word of God shall abide forever. And this is the Word by which the Gospel is proclaimed and preached unto you. Praise God. Well, we're glad to be with you today, and we're glad to have you with us. I just want to say something to to Sister Bell, if you are listening today. You you sent us a message to let us know that you have on your shouting shoes. Uh, there are parts of the preaching and teaching where you need to just stop and say, praise the Lord, hallelujah. And I call that heaven on your shouting shoes today. So, Sister Bell, I'm glad you let us know that you got them on. That means you've been listening to this broadcast. And I know there are many others that listen to this broadcast. And we'd love to hear from you. There's a place on our web page that you can communicate with us. Uh, Doulos D is our webmaster, and any message you send through him will come directly to me, and I would appreciate so much hearing from you. And thank you for communicating. Others have communicated by phone and by letter to let us know that this broadcast is meaningful to you. It is important to your spiritual growth and development and your, and your hope and your faith. Faith, hallelujah. So thank you for, for caring enough to let us know today. We want to bring you something that will help you grow in Jesus Christ and stand firm during these very shaken and shaky times that we are living in today. We have hope in Christ and the whole world has no place to find what and no person in which to find the hope that we have in Jesus and that gives us a wonderful opportunity to be witnesses for him praise God if we express that hope if they see it in us in fact the Bible says that we need to be ready instant in season out of season be ready to give an answer to all men for the reason of the hope that is in you. When that hope is so realized and real in us that other people detect it, other people observe it, how, how do you maintain a positive attitude in such negative times? Uh, that's an opportunity to tell them about the God of hope and the person who gives us hope, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ today. Well, we're going to continue our message, Jesus, our intercessor. And I want to go back a little bit and put a preface on this message today as we continue to talk about how important and how wonderful it is to have Jesus as our intercessor. There's power in intercession, and he released that power when he prayed from the cross, Father, forgive them. He began an intercessory ministry that is that is continuing to this very day to shake 
every person who will allow God to show them what what would have happened had he not went to that cross? What would have happened if he had not said, not my will, thine will be done in the garden? What would have happened to us? You know, there's a song that says, roll back the curtain of memory now and then. Show me where you took me from and where I might have been. No, where I would have been had we not come to Jesus. It's not just about a premature physical death. It's not just about having a life maybe that was plagued by drugs and alcohol and or maybe crime, doing life in prison. No, it's those are the byproducts of something much deeper, much more sinister and serious. And that is where our eternal soul is going to live for eternity. Friend of mine, there's nothing less than a heaven or hell issue when we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the decision that we make will determine where we spend eternity. Amen. Jesus has come to make a way for you and I, sinners like you and I, for we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And without His intercession on the cross, there is no way that we could ever hope to be saved. We would be hopelessly lost because of God's justice, His just anger because of our sin. But He is just and a justifier of them that come to know Christ as their Savior. How can He do that? It's because of what Jesus did in our behalf on the cross, when he shed his blood and when he cried for forgiveness. Hallelujah. Oh, friend of mine, I've got good news today. It's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it gives us hope in this world and help in this world and hope far beyond this world and this lifetime. 10,000 years, the songwriter said, it'll just be started. And in 10,000 years, eternity will have just begun. Ah, what amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Praise God. Well, if you have your Bible, I want to show you the power and purpose of intercession and the terrible consequences if there is no one to intercede to help us appreciate as we go forward uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and His ministry in our behalf of intercession. Turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 22. And let's read verses 30 and 31. Well, let's back up and show you their sin, which the whole thing is about their sin. This is a little synopsis verse in verse 29. Verses 29, 30, 31 of Ezekiel 22. The people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery, have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they've oppressed the stranger wrongfully. And I sought... For a man among them, you see, their sins has obligated God as a righteous judge to allow that judgment to come upon them. But he wanted to show mercy and give them a space for repentance. Look at verse 30. And I sought for a man among them. I want to stop and underline and underscore a man among them. A man. Now, God's method of operation always involves His creation. 
dealing with planet Earth and the people on this plane, this planet. God has chosen to work in conjunction with man. He said, I will do nothing in the Old Covenant except I first reveal it to my prophets. Whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to speak to them. They're going to speak to you. Then I'm going to act out my purposes. He calls on us and works with us. He's given us a a situation where we can pray and know that He is listening. And we can pray His will and know that He is working. Praise God. God has chosen to work in conjunction with man. He's sovereign. He's almighty. He has all power. And yet He asks us to pray in the pattern prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray according to his will, we work with him. We're workers together with him. And he works with us. And that's why he looked for a man among them who should make up the hedge The wall, you see, of protection, the wall of righteousness, some call this. This is not an agricultural hedge. This is not about flowers and the flora. This is about a wall of protection that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. I found none. Aren't you glad God found a man that was sinless and was righteous enough to stand in the gap to be able to make up the hedge? You know, the old covenant said, my ears are not heavy that I can't hear prayer. My hands are not short that it cannot deliver. But your sins have separated, created this gap, you see, This great chasm between you and your God. Amen. But but he looked for a man that would stand in the gap and make up the hedge. And he said, I didn't find any. It's going to show you how important what Jesus did and what he said on that cross to our salvation. He said, since I didn't find anyone who stood in the gap and made up the hedge who literally interceded for the land, therefore, I have poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord. Ezekiel 22 summarizes the sins and abuses of the nation. And as a punishment for Israel's sins, God says, I'll disperse them among the nations. He says in verses 30 and 31, I look for someone among them who would build up that wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land. And I didn't find any. I couldn't find one. So I destroyed it. Listen, if you don't believe that that one prayer and one person standing in the gap can make a difference, (laughs) amen, you need to read this. He said, if I could find one, if I could find one that would stand in the gap, cry out for mercy, if I could find one, there would be an opportunity and a space for repentance before judgment comes. 
The gap here represents the danger facing Jerusalem. God's wrath is about to break through in judgment on that sinful city. Was there no one who in righteousness intercede and seek God's mercy? God searched before judgment came. God searched for such a defender, but he couldn't find none. It seems that if someone had been willing to stand in the gap, the destruction of Jerusalem could have been avoided, at least for a season, to give a time for for people to change their mind and repent and return to God. Since no one was available or willing to defend the breach and rebuild that wall, judgment fell. Similar wording is found in Psalm 106 and verse 23. It summarizes the sins of Israel in the wilderness, primarily concerning the golden calf they were going to worship. Verse 23 explains, So God said He would destroy them had not Moses, His chosen one, stood in the breach before Him to keep His wrath from destroying them. You see, friend, Moses stood in the gap. And that saved the people of Israel with his petition on their behalf. In standing in the gap, he stepped between the Lord and the people. (laughs) Moses had been chosen for that very purpose, not just chosen to lead them, but chosen to intercede for them. (laughs) Hallelujah. God said, you know, I've had it. My judgment is going to fall upon them. And Moses stood up and said, no, no, wait, 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 wait. He stood in the gap. And in standing in the gap, he made up the hedge. What if Jesus hadn't stood in the gap? What if he hadn't bridged that great gap, that great chasm that our sins had created between us and the God who created us. But you see, He was God's chosen one. And God did, in fact, find a man. Hallelujah. A sinless man that was righteous enough and loving enough and merciful enough to stand in the gap offer himself a sacrifice, offer to take the wrath upon himself and let it be burned out in him so that we could be delivered from that wrath, that justifiable anger of God. He sent Jesus for that purpose and Jesus made that decision, that all-important decision to where we could spend eternity He made that decision in the Garden of Gethsemane when he said, if there's any other way to save them, if there's any other way to keep them from this eternal separation and and punishment called hell, if there's another way to save them from that fate, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will be done. Now, we're going back to... Jesus, our intercessor today. Because Jesus is our intercessor, we are kept by God's power. The Bible says we are kept by the power of God until the day of salvation. 
Salvation occurs when we get saved. The day of salvation is when it comes to its absolute apex and climax. And that's when Jesus comes. The trump of God sounds and Jesus descends and the dead in Christ ascend. And we which are living ascend with them, caught up with them to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. We are kept until that day, whether we're living or whether we have, we have, we are in the grave, it doesn't matter when the trump sounds. That's when that our body is raised and our spirit is, is returned to that body and that body is glorified. Have you got on your shouting shoes? Jesus came. Jesus died. Jesus rode, rose again and he ever lives to do what? Make intercession. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to go back and review Hebrews 7.25. Wherefore he is also able to save them to the uttermost that come to God by him, seeing that he ever liveth to make intercession. Not just because of the power we have within us through the Holy Spirit. We have that power in us because we've been sealed by Him until the day of redemption. It is the person we have for us that gives us boldness and assurance. Because of Christ's intercession, we are kept by the power of God. We're going to be raised by the same power and the same person who raised Jesus from the dead. For if the Spirit of Christ dwell in you, (laughs) hallelujah, he will quicken your mortal body. That means make alive, not just physical life returned, but physical and spiritual eternal life. Praise God. Because of Christ's intercession, we can be bold and confident that God will always hear us and help us, no matter what the need. Hebrews chapter 4, 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest. See, God wants us to know this. It starts out with seeing. God wants you and I to see this, to understand it, to have a, a clear perception of it. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. I like one paraphrase. It said, let us cling to him and never stop trusting him. Amen. I don't know about you, but in the fearful, perilous times that we're living in right now, it's getting very easy for me to cleave to him, to cling to him, and never, ever, ever stop trusting him. Verse 15 says, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are yet without sin. Therefore, therefore let us come boldly, verse 16, into the throne, unto the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy and grace to help in the time of need. It's because we have a high priest that's standing in the presence of God, interceding for us, that we can come with complete confidence, you see, complete assurance before the throne of grace to obtain mercy, 
Hallelujah. And grace to help in the time of any need. You see, because of Christ's intercession, we need not fear that the devil is going to be able to point out our shortcomings, our sins, our weaknesses, uh, our fallacies or our failures, and convince God not to grant us grace or give us mercy. Look at Revelation twelve ten through 11. It says, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. Hold fast your profession, you see. Your profession, your profession, your confession of faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, That's what He intercedes with, His own shed blood for us. And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Listen, they were, they, they said this is so important. This is so vitally important to us. Salvation is so precious. To us, the blood of Jesus that was shed for us, that we would rather lay down our life than deny Him or reject Him. Hallelujah. The, the deep devotion comes through understanding just how important His intercessory work on the cross was for you and me. The only solution for the problem of sin and the just, just punishment that we deserved was the shedding of the blood of the innocent one, the precious blood of the Lamb. When Jesus intercedes for us, He presents His blood shed in our behalf. It's sprinkled on the heavenly mercy seat. There's a mystery there because the earthly earthly mercy seat was a type of a heavenly place where He presents His blood in our behalf. His scarred body is also presented. We cannot plead our own innocence to escape the accuser's wrath. We cannot ever say that we are sinlessly perfect, but we can declare that we are perfectly forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ. We can plead the blood of Jesus, which was shed for us. No matter what you and I may be facing, the wrath of our enemy, the accusations of the enemy, the accusations of our own conscience or the weakness of our own flesh, plead the blood of Jesus. For in doing so, we're placing that blood on the mercy seat in our own heart, our own perception of what the cross really means. Spurgeon comments on the great, great how the great God now deals with us upon methods that are founded and grounded upon the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I want to read what he said about this blood once again. This is the last reference in the Bible to the shed blood of Jesus Christ. The shed blood of Jesus Christ. 
Here he says Judas, the betrayer, spoke of it as innocent blood in Matthew 27, 4. And Peter called it the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish, without spot in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 9. It is the cleansing blood in 1 John 1, 7 and the washing blood in Revelation 1, 5 stressing that it removes the guilt of our sins. Paul calls it the purchasing blood in Acts 20 and verse 28, and the redeeming blood twice, Ephesians 1.7 and Colossians 1.14. Also, he declares the shedding of his blood to be the very price of our salvation. Therefore, it's the justifying blood, in Romans 5, 9, it's the peacemaking blood in Colossians 1, 20. Its efficacy does not end with our salvation, however. It's also the sanctifying blood in Hebrews thirteen twelve. Here is the infinite and eternal power of the blood of Jesus Christ. For it's the blood of the everlasting covenant in Hebrews 13 and verse 20. First reference in the New Testament to his blood stresses this. Jesus said at the Lord's Supper, the, 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 the Eucharisto, amen, the Passover, which became our communion service. He said this is the blood of the New Testament, same as covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. And in Matthew twenty six twenty eight, it says, Let no one, therefore, even count the blood of the covenant as an unholy thing. For the blood of Christ, I love this closing of Spurgeon. He said, For the blood of Christ is forever innocent, infinitely precious, perfectly justifying, always cleansing, and fully sanctifying. Praise God. Dear friend of mine, have you got on? I'm going to read that again. I'm going to plead the blood. I'm going to extol Jesus for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to lift him up, magnify him today. Did you know there are people counting the blood of Jesus that are supposed to be Christian as an unholy thing, becoming enemies of the cross while carrying a Bible or wearing a cross around their neck. There are so-called progressive ministries today and ministers today that have made the statement, we don't need a bloody gospel. It's offensive to talk about the blood, the blood. The friend of mine, without the remission, without the shedding of blood, the scripture plainly declares there is no remission of sins. They even wanted to take hymnals out of the churches and did that had any reference to the blood of Jesus Christ. They want salvation without a sacrifice. They want salvation without an intercessory work in our behalf. And only the blood of Jesus and only Jesus' willingness to take our place on the cross and become our great high priest Listen, friend of mine, it is only the blood of Jesus that keeps us from the wrath of God. But thank God the blood of Jesus does keep us from the wrath of God. 
this gospel is preached because of the blood of Jesus. There's salvation because of the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. There is power. We sing it and we should sing it over again. There is wonder working power in the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Praise God. Dear friend of mine, I want you to know today that Jesus is our great high priest. He became our lamb so he could become our intercessing priest today. He shed his blood on the cross that he might present his blood upon the mercy seat in heaven. Praise God. Amen. And right now he ever lives to present that sacrifice before God. Amen. That we may be fully assured that we can and will be saved if we keep the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. (laughs) Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm clinging more closely to Christ now in these last perilous times than I used to cling to Him. And I've always knew how important His His work was in my behalf. I have knew how vital it was to my salvation. But in these dangerous times, in these times of great deception, in this these times of great danger spiritually and physically and mentally and emotionally, Friend of mine, I'm holding on to Him. (laughs) Hallelujah. And thank God when I hold on to Him, He holds on to me. And you know what I've discovered? It's not my grip on Him that is keeping me, but it's my trust in Him by reaching out to Him that allows Him to take my hand and keep His grip on me. And Jesus put it this way. He said, no man is going to be able. You see, nobody but us. That's why the devil works overtime on us. A lot of people trying to pry us away from God, pull us away from God. Someone in your life may be trying to pull you away from God. But I'm going to tell you, if you determine to keep your hand in the hand of the man of Galilee, God is going to keep you through it all. He's going to give you the strength you need to hold on and hold out. Hallelujah. Amen. It's His grip on you. Jesus said, My Father is greater than them all, and no man can, no man can pluck you out of His hand, for He is greater than them all. If you don't give up on God, if you don't turn back, if you don't turn loose, God will not turn you loose. And the power that is keeping you is greater than the power that is pulling you trying to pull you away. If you're in a relationship today with someone and your heart is attached to them, you've got to make a decision about that. You've got to make a decision. Make the right decision. Hold on to God. And if you really love that person that's trying to pull you away, hold on to God so you can pray for them. So that they can see your faith is real. It's authentic. And the issue is so important. Amen. That you love them too much 
to turn loose of God for them, because then you can't intercede for their salvation. Oh, friend of mine, so much is at stake today. Hold on to God, and God will hold on to you. Praise God. My Father's greater than them all, and He will help you to overcome today. Where would we be without Jesus? And where would we spend eternity today? That is the issue. That is the issue. I would be lost. I would be undone without God or His Son if the Savior didn't reach down for me, if He didn't reach way down, way down for me. My dad's, one of his favorite songs, dear friend of mine today, my dad is with the Lord because God did, in fact, reach down for him. He reached down when Jesus came down and laid in a manger so he could grow up and go to an old rugged cross and suffer and die on that cross that he might be raised again to make intercession. And He's able to save us to the uttermost, to the farthest extent. No more that you could do, no more that I could ever do, no more that we could do to save ourselves. It's all because of His sacrifice, His blood, His love that releases God's mercy and God's grace. Come to Jesus today if you don't know Him. Come to Jesus. Repent of your sin. That blood has been supplied at the cross. That blood can be applied. All that it accomplished can be applied to your life if you come to Christ, repenting of your sin, and receive Him as your Lord and Savior. And today, if you're a Christian, plead the blood of Jesus seeing that He ever lives, come boldly to God, trusting and believing and receiving mercy and grace to help whatever your need is. In Jesus' name, 